Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-host, Mitch and Skyler. Gentlemen, there's so much that we've got to talk about, but we're finishing up our team previews. Let's just take a moment and and just appreciate the fact that football's back. You know, college football. We had an insane college football week last week. Uh, absolutely crazy. We hope everybody's having a fantastic Labor Day. Um, or by the time you hear this, had a fantastic Labor Day. Um, but we're uh, we're not going to talk about college football today. We got a uh, preview, or we'll kind of you know review and then preview coming up in the next couple of episodes. But we're talking about the Tennessee Titans on our team preview today. Mike Vrabel and the one seated Titans um, had a fantastic year last year, despite the fact that they lost Derrick Henry for the vast majority of the season. Only only started uh, eight games and then that playoff game against Cincinnati that they ended up losing. Um, but uh, an up and down uh, season that finished with the first overall seed in the AFC South, um, our first overall seed in the AFC, winning the AFC South and uh, making the playoffs for the fourth straight year under Mike Vrabel, I believe. Um, so let's uh, take a look at their season in review. Season started out pretty lackluster, uh, lost by 25 points to Arizona week one, uh, beat the Seahawks by a field goal and then beat division rival Indianapolis 25 to 16 before losing in overtime to the New York Jets, which was crazy. So they were two and two before they rattled off six straight wins against Jacksonville, Buffalo. They crushed the Kansas city chiefs beat Indianapolis again in overtime, beat the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams and then beat the saints before losing the next three out of four games, losses to the Houston Texans, New England Patriots, came out of their bye, beat Jacksonville, but lost to Pittsburgh to get to nine and five. And at that point, they weren't in the number one seed. They were, uh, at that point, they were uh, only, I believe, a game and a half ahead of the Colts for uh, the AFC South. But they finished the season strong, beating the San Francisco 49ers, crushing the Dolphins, then beating the Texans in the final week of the season to uh, hold on to that one uh, seed overall. They then got into the playoffs and lost 19-16 to on a field goal kicking competition to the Cincinnati Bengals, who would represent the AFC in the uh, Super Bowl that year. Um, Ryan Tannehill started all 17 games for the uh, Titans, finished the year with 3,700 yards, 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Derrick Henry, who uh, only started, uh, played the first eight games, got hurt, missed uh, the rest of the regular season, but came back in the final, uh, in the playoff game against the uh, Bengals. He finished with 937 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns, adding on 154 uh, receiving yards. Um, and their backup halfbacks of Dante Freeman, um, and Dontrell Hillard both put up uh, or combined put up a little bit over 900 yards, five uh, rushing touchdowns. But receiving uh, wise, they were dominated by AJ Brown. Uh, 63 catches, 869 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, next highest was Nick uh, Westbrook Akeen, who had four touchdowns. Um, but AJ Brown, uh, again, he was also hurt, only played in 13 games last year and is obviously no longer on the team. Uh, but taking a look at Titans season in review, 12 and 5. Mitch, what were your thoughts on Tennessee last year? Um, yeah, I, I think for me, it was kind of just a disappointing season all around, uh, no matter like what aspect you're looking at it, like the big trade, uh, with getting Julio Jones, he was kind of supposed to come in here and really compliment AJ Brown. And, uh, he really didn't live up to what he was supposed to do. Uh, and that's just between him just being older now and just injuries. So that was kind of very disappointing. Obviously the Derrick Henry going down with an injury, even though Deontay Foreman and uh, Dodger Hill, Hillard, I think, did a kind of a fantastic job of really filling the void for them when it comes to the rush game. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill having that really bad playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals and, um, in my opinion, kind of costing them with those uh, turnovers is uh, kind of disappointing. Um but I think the defense was a really big bright spot for them. I know we've kind of had questions about it because we always thought the offense would be good just because they have a Derrick Henry, uh, who's probably the best uh, or second best uh, running back in the league right now. Um, you know, just between the two really uh, young guys they have uh, as pass rushers, you know, Harold Landry off the edge coming in with 12 sacks, having a big year and a big contract ascension to follow. And then uh, Jeffrey Simmons showing the why he was highly thought of before he got injured. Uh, what was it? The at the end of his uh, senior season, coming in with uh, let's see, eight and a half sacks as a defensive tackle, uh, really coming into the own, which is uh, really nice to see. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of disappointing that they're able to get the 
first seed and, and every year they have big uh, aspirations of kind of uh, going a lot further than they did and then just having an embarrassing showing uh, against the Bengals like that just kind of summing up it's just really disappointing yeah um I think for a lot of people they overperformed for me they technically underperformed because I had them going 13 and four um but because I remember getting flack for that um but uh they were if you had told me that they were missing Derek Henry for most of the season and they still got the number one overall seed even I would have thought that that was fucking dumb uh, but they did and I think it pointed to the fact that this team can't exist without Derrick Henry. Um, I think it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot rough, like a lot rougher, more rough, more rough, uh, more rough without uh, A.J. Brown and what fill, who fills that spot in production. Uh, I agree with Mitch. The Julio Jones experiment was uh, a failure. Um, but I, I think it just goes to the point uh, goes to show that Mike Vrabel and the coaching staff he's assembled um in, in Tennessee is a good coaching staff. I mean, there's a reason that his offensive coordinators keep getting picked to be head coaches um, with Art Smith and, you know, Matt LaFleur um, going in, and, and producing. I mean, I think the jury's still out on Art Smith, but Matt LaFleur is, you know, probably one of the better head coaches in, in the NFL right now. Um, so that it's showing that the, that he's got what it, what it takes. Uh, he, he, developing that i think honestly developing that defense into uh not not even just average but a strength for that team was uh one of the massive massive undertakings that i don't i think surprised everyone uh that they were able to do what they did uh it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep it up it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh um replace the production they had from aj brown but i think that having a more balanced offensive attack in terms of the passing game might help them because this they because they also lost in the last two years they've lost main, most of their pass catchers i mean you've lost you lost Corey davis and johnny smith the year before and now you lost aj brown so it's a lot of the production from the last two years in terms of uh receiving is gone now so it's going to be up to Robbie, uh, Robert Woods and some of those other guys that are that are coming in to see what, uh, how they're going to step up. And I mean, a lot of people are picking the Jaguars to improve this season. A lot of people, uh, uh with Matt Ryan now at the helm of Indianapolis, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the AFC South and if Tennessee could hold on to that that crown they've been able to 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 win the last two years. Well, the last four years, three. I four? four uh three or four i believe um four, I, yeah. I think the last time they didn't win the division was the only time deshaun watson did it with houston um and houston even got bounced that first week of the playoffs against indianapolis um like if you take away obviously the way the season ended that loss to uh cincinnati which even despite how bad ryan Tannehill played Despite the fact that yeah, Derrick Henry had still... 62 rushing yards and on 20 carries, and the fact that they didn't throw the ball to their halfbacks at all in that game, Neither, no halfback had a target in the game against uh, Cincinnati. This team had four wins against teams who were a breath away from going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, or uh, have won the Super Bowl. You know, like they had wins against Kansas City, who they beat by 24 points. They beat the Rams, who they beat by 12 points. They beat um, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They beat uh, – there was another team on here. Uh, but even just other playoff teams, you know, um, th that they had to play, they played very well. They, they went 5-1 and one in their own division with their only loss being that game against Houston, which was, you know, kind of heartbreaking, but they were still without – they were very recently without Derrick Henry, who always puts up like 200 yards against the Houston Texans, take it from a Texan fan. Um like there's lots to really like about what happened with Tennessee last year. Obviously their issues are that the offense was subpar in almost every aspect, except running the ball, even without Derrick Henry, they still attempted the most rushing yards in the league. I think they were third in yards and fifth in touchdowns rushing wise. They were a great rushing team, even without um, uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, like I said, their two backups combined for 900 yards and five touchdowns on the year rushing the ball. That's, that's absolutely massive. Um, but Ryan Tannehill looked bad last year ryan Tannehill made his money with the, the tennessee titans being a highly efficient quarterback who didn't turn the ball over on stupid situations and last year all of that went out the window 
especially in that game against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. But in a lot of those losses, Ryan Tannehill just looked bad. Part of it was the offensive line. He got sacked 47 times last year. That's three and a half sacks per game. And when you don't have the run game, you don't have the big bruiser in Derrick Henry that you had previously who can step up and, and pass block or who can uh, take quick outlet passes to the, to the house. I mean, what, he's the only player in NFL history who's had multiple 99 yard touchdowns. Um, it, like Tennessee's offense was obviously missing a lot of, they turned the ball over a ridiculous amount of times, but yeah, their, their defense played really well. I think their defense, their defense was sort of the unsung hero of this entire team. And when everybody was looking at Tennessee, they throw the asterisks up of, Oh, well, they don't have Derrick Henry. So how good are they really going to be without Derrick Henry? They still went six and three last year, you know? So it, like we talk about, we've talked about plenty of teams this year. We'll talk about Kansas city here soon. What's Kansas city going to look like without Tyree kill? What's Green Bay going to look like without Devontae Adams? What, like, we've talked about all these teams, but with Tennessee, it truly was like, what are they going to look like without Derrick Henry? And this team went six and three, like, and they, they clinched the one seed in a highly competitive AFC, an AFC that we've talked about how many times now is going to be a, uh, a conference where the first through seven seed in the playoffs could be separated by what, two games, maybe? Like, uh, let me, I can, yeah, I can even check. For me, the one through seven seeds are separated by three games. By three games. Like, that's, that's, yeah. that's crazy, right? But this was in, this was a, a Tennessee team that without uh, Derrick Henry was able to clinch that first overall seat. They, they ended up getting beat because of how poor they were on offense. It wasn't the defense's fault. Joe Burrow didn't throw a touchdown in that game. It was just great kicking by Evan McPherson. It was great uh, play calling by Zach Taylor. It was a couple of good breaks um, on, on the, the Cincinnati defense there. So I wouldn't hang my hat against the Tennessee Titans. I think they exceeded expectations, defensively oh, especially. But Tennessee is now starting to kind of fall into that mold that I think that like Green Bay has fallen into. I think Buffalo has started to fall into, which is, okay, this team can make the playoffs. This team can make the divisional round of the playoffs or even the conference championship. Remember, it wasn't too long ago that this Tennessee team was up by two scores to Kansas City at halftime of the AFC championship game, right? Yeah. So, so it's, they can get there but they can't get any further. You know, they're not making the moves necessary to get any further. Part of that is trades like the Julio Jones trade. Part of that is that they've made good free agent signings. Um, guys like uh, the, the the linebacker they brought from Pittsburgh last year. Why can't I think of his name right Bud now? Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. Um, and they've been able to reinvest in their team, like Mitch talked about with Harold Landry signing that big contract and stuff. But not everything has worked out given the compensation they've given up for a lot of that stuff. And it's continued to put the team in tough situations. This is a Tennessee team that feasibly speaking last year should have been the first year without Marcus Mariota on contract. Had he finished out his normal rookie contract with the Tennessee Titans, right? Yeah. Now you're on your second quarterback, the guy who replaced your first round quarterback who won you a playoff game in Kansas city when he threw a touchdown pass to himself but who you said wasn't good enough to get you to the promised land. You bring in Ryan Tannehill, get you that first overall seed. You get bounced in the playoffs on a three interception performance for a guy who finished the year with 22 touchdowns and 20 interceptions on the year. If you include playoffs, that's oh, so if you include playoffs, I was like, that is uh that's rough. Yeah. It's, it's 20, um, he had 21 touchdowns. No, I'm sorry. 22, 22, sorry, 22 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. I was about to say, if you like... include the playoffs. But still, that means you're averaging less than one and a third touchdown per game and one interception per game, basically. So so lots of things have to happen with Tennessee internally going forward here that I don't know if this franchise has put themselves in the right position to move on internally. Uh, but let's talk about what moves they did make. Now, we've already talked about their A.J. Brown trade. On draft day, they trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles um, in exchange – for I believe it was uh, the 18th overall pick um, and a third round pick from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So you get AJ Brown, your former first round pick off contract. You couldn't pay him the amount of money that he wanted, uh, but taking a look at their free agent gains and losses, they addressed the wide receiver position through trade. They lost Julio Jones, picked up tight end uh, Austin uh, Hooper and uh, picked up uh, a couple of guys in some other different positions. But Mitch, who stands out to you in terms of gains and losses? Yeah, just kind of looking at losses first. Obviously, A.J. Brown, the 
you know, just because he's in that elite young wide receiver group that's just been playing out of their minds, you know, the the Metcalfs, the Jeffersons, the Chases, the McLaurins and such. Um, so losing a guy like that, I think, is really going to hurt what this offense can do. Um, and then losing Roger Staffold and David Quesenberry, I think, really hurts just because the past couple of years we've seen this offensive line just get older and just keep losing players. And Derrick Henry's an amazing player, so it kind of really doesn't matter. But I feel like soon it's just going to get to the point where the offensive line is so bad that Derrick Henry like might not be able to get the the holes that they want and keep um, Ryan Tannehill upright. And I feel like they haven't done a good job of really uh, shoring up that offensive line. Um, we all know how it went with uh, that right tackle from a couple of years ago, how badly that blew up in their face right away. Yep. Um, so I think that's really going to hurt them. And then not bringing back Deontay Foreman, uh, I think could hurt just because just in case Derrick Henry gets hurt again, um, I, they didn't really add anybody. So losing the guy like Deontay Foreman, who you know you can trust on and who can re- re- uh, be productive in your system, um, I feel like could hurt them as well. And then from the games, they really didn't add anybody besides uh, Hooper and Woods. I think Woods will be will be fine. Um, it would have been a lot nicer to see Woods play with Brown, but beggars can't be choosers. Uh, and then Hooper is kind of an interesting player. It'll be interesting to see what version they're going to get. Are they going to get, uh, you know, the one from Atlanta who was able to make uh, Pro Bowl, or is it going to be the an- another free agent bus stop for him, like in Cleveland? Yeah. Um, I mean, losses, like, like you said, you can't talk about losses without being like, you know, AJ Brown. Um, that's a big one, uh, for them. It's, it's absolutely huge, um, in terms of, uh, what happened, um, and, and that trade. And like, again, there's some people that, that it's just kind of, he's gone, he's good. Um, I do think that this gives an opportunity for Tennessee to reload that passing attack. Um, and instead of because like I view it the same way that I did uh with uh Nebraska, um, like this last season where it's like you lose that one big playmaker that you're gonna have in terms of Nebraska, it was Allen and it was uh Torre. And now we're seeing even with everything that's happening with Nebraska, we're seeing that the ball is being distributed much more evenly amongst. Uh, players the guys are are starting to separate themselves from the pack i think that that allows uh two for what happens now um but it's gonna be interesting to see how this passing uh this passing attack works it's gonna be interesting to see with without uh aj brown there now uh we talked in the bills episode about losing the two right guards uh saffold and and uh, quisenberry that's gonna be big especially mm-hmm. for a, a running attack um how did they replace that is it gonna be a next man up mentality are those guys gonna be able to fill that hole um that'll be interesting uh, in terms of losses uh, another law and then i just for like the magnitude of what you gave up and, and how big of a failure it was that julio jones lost like it needs to be included because it was a loss definitely um because you gave up picks for him you tried to implement him and you didn't get a lot out of it um that that was just a loss in terms of of what happened uh um and, and again we talked about some of the other defensive losses losing jack rabbit jenkins is going to be a loss on that on that outside um there's going to be some other ones too that they, they Anthony Fisker didn't resign. Um, so there's a bunch of them that like, it was just that they couldn't resign people to come back. So how are they going to replace that? Um, in terms of additions, uh, getting Robert Woods, I really liked what he was doing at LA. If honestly, if he didn't get hurt, I think that he would have, he would have played a lot, but you like, again, that's something where it's like, he's got that injury history. How does that work? And and he's now going to be the number one option uh, from what everything we're hearing. So how does he get, how, how does he work in that system? It's a completely different system from LA where LA is a four wide uh, spread them out, uh, uh, air it out kind of offense versus uh, uh, play action style run first offense. How does Robert Woods fit into that system? Um, another, uh, another yeah austin hooper same how does how does he adjust is it do we what version of austin hooper do we get like mitch said is it the pro bowl version that we got in atlanta or is it the uh, massive disappointment that was in cleveland um he, there's definitely a spot for a tight end on this roster and if he can and in the kind of system that they run he can be very productive can't he actually live up to expectations this is a good spot for him to do that but there was also a good spot to, for him to do it in cleveland and he couldn't do it and got him seated by david and joku who didn't even want to be on the team um, and then the last one that I actually think was a sneaky good signing for them, 
um, was the edge rusher that they got out of uh, uh, Pittsburgh, Derek uh, Tuska. Um, he played last season. He had nine total tackle uh, solo tackles, four assisted tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble, and he only played a hundred snaps. Um, like that's pretty good numbers for for uh only playing a hundred snaps. You're talking about two uh, uh a sack every fifty snaps, and we're talking about on on a pass rush that already had a ton of talent. Um, so if you can bring him in and he can be a he can be kind of an, a contributor on a pass rush that kind of needs that. Uh, he there's there's spot and there's there's uh roster spots and like he did make the team. I checked it. He made the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have I have the roster cuts like literally right here. Um, let me. Just oh shit! Check. He just got cut. He just got cut. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, I have to double check now because now I'm unsure. <laughs> no, he made the team. Okay. Um, <laughs> but if he's able to produce like those kind those kinds of things, we saw what um variable was able to do with some guys that had already been discarded by other teams, bringing him and producing a very solid defense. Um, if he can start producing a, a little bit of a higher level, and he's a very young player. He's uh, yeah, drafted in twenty twenty. Um, like he's uh from from North Dakota State. Um, comes from a a good system in North Dakota State. Like knowing what they need to do to achieve, um, is gonna grind those kinds of things. I'd be interested to see what he does. I don't think he'll be like a complete breakout player, but getting in some of those uh reserve spots, that uh, he definitely could definitely could uh he's my gem. I think he could do good. Yeah, I mean gains like you guys hit on the head. Robert Woods could be a fantastic gain for this team if he's able to play 13 plus games. But I don't I don't know as a number one choice there what that's going to look like. What I really worry about is you your only offensive line free agent signing is Jamarco Jones, a backup to the backup left tackle out of Seattle, right? I know you, you that's that's their own from over the cap. That's the only t- guy from a different team that they signed. You re-signed your center uh, Ben Jones. You get right guard Dennis Daly from Pan- uh, Panthers. I was confusing because it's a similar color palette, but they do have a they do have another one. Sorry, because I had to look at it too. Played. Uh, he's twenty six. Played fifty percent of snaps. Uh, they got him for. Uh, 1.7 million. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I see, I see now. Okay, so Dennis, yeah. so you do pick up a, a right guard there, fine. Um, but nobody by any stretch of the imagination who's a starter. You re-signed Ben Jones, who's 33 years old. He's going to be playing your center for you. Um, so you get worse at the right guard position. You've still got Taylor Lewan, so The offensive line has anchor points that they can utilize. You take a quarterback who threw, like we said, 17 interceptions last year, including playoffs, and you're going to completely revamp his entire pass catching room. This was a team who... Last year, walked in with A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones, and now this year is going to walk in with uh, Traylon Burks, Austin Hooper, and Robert Woods. I I don't know if that's a good – I don't know if that's an overall positive move. You lost the only guy on your team who had more than 50 targets last year in A.J. Brown. I I don't know if it's it's even – I don't even know if you can consider it a lateral move. I also don't see anybody that I love that they signed at the linebacker position or the secondary position. It Tennessee is in cap hell in a lot of ways. They've only got about five million in available cap space. They ha- wanted to re-sign guys like uh, Harold Landry. They knew that they couldn't re-sign guys on their defense um, and those offensive pieces that we talked about in, in Saffold and Quesenberry. So you've got Ryan Tannehill who's still on a big contract, Derrick Henry who's on a big contract, and you had to pay part of the AJ Brown contract as per that trade. So there's Tennessee has not for a team that is one of the least financially sound in the NFL, and we've seen it time and time again, they have not utilized their cap space to the best of their abilities. They re-signed tons of guys, but really outside of Robert Woods and Austin Hooper, nobody that they signed is anybody who I expect to be massive producers for them. Anybody who's going to get a solid amount of of snaps. Um, With that being said, 
this is kind of the same story we've talked about the Titans for the last three years, and they've continued to win football games. You know, they make one or two big trades, and they make one big signing, and they continue to win 10-plus football games. So so part of it is that Mike Rabel and this, these guys know how to build a semi-successful football team, and with a healthy Derrick Henry, there's no reason to believe that they can't build a semi-successful football team next year, especially with even if the AFC South gets better, they still went five and one against the AFC South last year. Um, and they're, re- they're returning tons of pieces of that defense prior to the um, uh, Harold Landry injury. Was he the one who got, who's out for the year now? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Harold Landry injury. Um, but th- there's still areas on this team that, that I view as having some pretty severe weaknesses. Um, but let's move on to their uh, draft. Um, so first round pick, uh, trade away uh, AJ Brown and they uh, replace him with Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas in the second round, they go with Roger McCreary corner out of Auburn in the third round with the pick from Philadelphia. I believe they take tackle Nicholas Petit Friere from Ohio state. Um, and then in the third round, they also take Malik Willis quarterback out of Tennessee followed up in the fourth round, taking Michigan halfback Hassan Haskins and uh, Maryland tight end uh, Chigo ZM. Oh, Conquo um, out of Maryland. In the fifth round, they go Kyle Phillips, wide receiver out of UCLA. Sixth round, uh, Theo Jackson, safety or defensive back out of Tennessee, as well as Chance Campbell, linebacker out of uh, Ole Miss. So they go uh, multiple pass catchers with two wide receivers, uh, a tight end, and a halfback. Um, they go quarterback taking Malik Willis. They go multiple guys on the defensive uh, backfield with a safety and a corner. And then they, they draft a guy in Petit Friere, uh tackle at Ohio state. So Mitch grading their draft class. How do you, how do you grade the Tennessee draft class this year? Um, I'm going to give it eight minutes. I really like the majority of their draft. Um, you know, Traylon Burks is going to come in here. They expect him to be AJ Brown 2.0. Um, so there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because he's, he needs to come in here and hopefully be just as good as AJ Brown. So it'll be interesting to see if he can live up to the hype. Um, and then I, th- I really like uh, the, the Nicholas Petit Freer from Ohio State. Um, I think he can come in and uh, start right away at the right tackle position. Um, the last three years he was at Ohio State, he only gave up two sacks. Um, so if they're able to get that kind of production from him, I think that would really shore up uh, uh, a big hole that they've had the past couple of years. Um, and then I uh, Malik Willis, I think, was probably – the best uh, quarterback they could have drafted um, for them in this situation, just because he's got the intangibles and the tools that the league is going towards when it comes to the quarterback position, but they already have a guy in Ryan Tannehill who uh, whether it's good or bad, they're going to stick through. Um, So he has that time to develop um, and get to the spot that he needs. And I think he can be a good quarterback if he's developed properly. So I think that was a really smart move uh, for them to basically take a, a redshirt quarterback, if you will. And then um, Hassan Haskins, I think, can fill that Dante Foreman uh, backup role, which I think they're going to need just to keep Derrick Henry fresh. And so you don't have another injury season with him. Uh, you know, Haskins had a breakout season last year, over 1,300 yards, 20 touchdowns, averaged um, almost five yards a, a run. I think that's huge for them. Um, and then doubling down on that uh, tight end position from Okonku from Maryland, very athletic guy. Um, I think between him and Austin Hooper, they can finally get some production out of the tight end position that they really haven't seen since John o. Smith and like Delaney Walker. And then I feel like Kyle Phillips is a really solid uh, slot wide receiver from uh, UCLA. And I think he's projected to start right away. So I think they, I think they'd, uh, really did uh, a good job with this draft, getting lots of players who can be solid, productive contributors. And I think they hit on a lot of the needs uh, uh, that they needed. Yeah. Right now, Phillips is listed as a fourth string wide receiver. So he okay. so wouldn't start, but would play quite a bit. Yeah. I think he's listed. Yeah, he's listed above Traylon Burks right now. Um, oh, not on, not on the ESPN depth chart. Okay, I was looking at the PFF depth chart. Um, he's listed as he's listed as third on PFF, um, ahead of Racy McRat McMath and Traylon Burks. Um, so yeah, he's gonna be productive. Uh, but um, shit. Uh, in terms of draft, um, I go 
B plus and I go B plus for one reason. And it's a very common reason, at least from one of my co-hosts, they only drafted one offensive lineman and they need offensive <laughs> linemen. Hey. Uh, I got it. I got it before you. Uh, 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 I will say the only A plus that is guaranteed is if a team only takes offensive linemen. Brady will give you an A plus just out of it. Um, uh, no, 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 not all offensive linemen. If you take all offensive linemen and a single defensive tackle, I'll give you an A. Yeah, the, the Brady. Yeah. Um, no, I I do really like the draft. Um, Traylon Burks. I if you're getting trying to get a productive wide receiver, you do. If you're trying to replace AJ Brown, you failed because as I'd like to point out. There was a much better A.J. Brown replacement that I thought the Green Bay Packers should have drafted uh, in George Pickens. And everyone called me crazy, and he made a Detroit D- Detroit uh, Lions defensive back call for his mommy on the, fo- on the football field this last preseason game. Um, but uh, – you're getting a productive wide receiver. He is very much in the mold of an AJ Brown, which is a much more physical wide receiver going up, get the ball, 50, 50 balls. That should work. Um, I, Roger McCree, uh, I, I really like getting him out of Auburn. Auburn. He's a very, very productive defensive back. The only thing is, is he's got short arms. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to be playing up against some of those taller wide receivers that exist within the AFC South. Um, and when it comes to playoff time, like, you know, some of these very talented wide receivers that have very large wingspans, how he's going to be able to, uh, to, to match up against them. But I love, I loved it. I love that they doubled down at the corner position, um, and got the, uh, defensive back out of Tennessee, uh, Theo Jackson, not my favorite pick, but I like that they got him. Nicholas petit Friere uh, makes up for them, uh, cutting Buster screen. Um, it's honestly, I, I, I like what, what they get, what they get out of him. Uh, he is, uh, a three-year starter at Ohio State, um, very very good tackle. Uh, shores up that tackle position for them. Uh, he did those. He only led up two sacks, but he did look very very weak against Aiden Hutchinson, um, in that Michigan game. And so it's gonna be interesting to see how he goes up against some of the elite pass rushers that exist, um, within the AFC, um, specifically against like their the Colts. How is he gonna hold up against that Colts defense? How is he going to play against them? Um. Malik Willis, uh, that is a good backup quarterback. Mitch Ari, uh, uh, addressed it, saying like he has the, uh, he. There was many times where they thought that he would be the only first round pick. He was the only one that I think a lot of people entertained for being a top ten pick. Um, he uh, is very athletic, very good at what he does. Um, honestly, you're getting him as a steal for the third round. Um. He he needs he needs to cut down on some of the mistakes that he was making, but he and he needs to work on his pocket presence. But the fact that you have a weak offensive line and he can move very very well, it was a whole reason why I liked Marcus Mariota over Tannehill, um, for this team. But I still think he's he's he will get time to sit develop very much like a Trey Lance or uh, a Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if that's going to be the level he can achieve, but it gives him that year to sit. Um. Uh, Okanawu, uh, is very, very athletic. He ran a four, five, uh, 40, 36 for inch vertical. Like he broke 14 tackles last season. Uh, very, very good physical tight end. Exactly what you need in the mold of what they have right now. Um, Kyle Phillips, uh, was, is really, really good. Uh, he was when the UCLA actually had a consistent quarterback situation. He was the leading wide receiver, but because of COVID and a revolving wide receiver or a quarterback room that happened, he uh, he kind of dropped off. But he still has all of the intangibles of a leading slot wide receiver. And we've already mentioned he's third on the depth chart on one on one side, and he's fourth on another. Like the guy. The reason he's production. third on your depth chart is because they have Traylon Burks listed as injured, which is bad. ah. Got it. Thank you. So, like, the guy's going to get production. Like, he's going to get production in that slot level, uh, that slot uh, position um, with probably uh, Connie Westbrook. Um, and, and he's going to do he's going to do good things. Um, and then I liked the linebacker they picked out of Mississippi. Um, he's got they, they needed linebacker depth. Um, he has a frame that can help. He's a little bit leaner. He can, uh, but he he fits in that kind of uh that kind of safety linebacker hybrid that we've been seeing being drafted a lot in the NFL, like the JoJo Doman, uh, uh the um uh Jer- Jeremiah Wisukormoa kind of uh 
uh, Nicobe Dean kind of hybrid of, of smaller but athletic and can hit like a truck. Um, it, it's going to work. The only thing that keeps it at a B and not an A is the fact that they only drafted one offensive lineman. Um, uh, so Skyler, you said B or B plus? B plus, sorry. B plus. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I actually agree with, uh, uh, Skyler in this. I give it a B plus as well. Um, there's, so here's, here's a couple of reasons. And first off what I'll say, because I forgot to mention this with the Austin Hooper thing, but Mitch talked about his lack of production. One thing I'd like to keep in mind with Austin Hooper is that his last three, you take out his rookie year in Atlanta, 250 targets over three years. You take his two years in Cleveland, 131 targets. He he had almost 90 catches in in the last uh, in each season in last, in his last two years with Atlanta. He has the ability to be highly productive. I think Tennessee is going to use him highly productive. I like that they drafted another tight end. I love exactly what Mitch said that they doubled down on that position. I love the multiple wide receivers that they drafted. I love that they drafted a tackle, and and I like that they got Nicholas Petit Friere. Here's a knock on it though: he's your starting right tackle right now. You knew when you drafted him, he'd be your starting right tackle. So your there is just not many NFL caliber talents who in their rookie year are going to be worth are, are going to be good enough to start at right tackle and be a third round pick right if this dude was truly a day one starter in the NFL he'd have gone in the first round and, and there were there was times last year where Nicholas Petit Freire looked like he could have been a first round draft pick his intangibles weren't great. He had bad tape against Michigan. He didn't have great tape against Utah. He, he wasn't great in those, in those really big games. And that's, that's where it worries me for a team where Ryan Tannehill had set Ryan Tannehill had 17 interceptions was sacked 47 times. You're, you're getting very picky about where your offensive linemen are and who you're drafting them. It, I don't love that you only drafted one offensive lineman and then to follow it up in a draft class that was deep with interior offensive linemen, you don't draft an interior offensive lineman, and instead you take Malik Willis. Now, Malik Willis has a huge amount of upside. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. But Tennessee either has to commit or they don't. Because Malik, anything Malik Willis can do in the NFL is exactly what Marcus Mariota was giving you. I don't think Malik Willis is any better of a quarterback coming out of college than Marcus Mariota was coming out of Oregon. And I don't think through preseason action that Malik Willis is any more um, – outstanding to Marcus Mariota was Malik Willis has bad feet. He just simply, he's got bad feet when, when it comes to it. He's because of that, it's messed up his timing with throws. It's messed up his ability in the pocket. It's messed up his accuracy throughout preseason. He he's looked truly like a third round first year quarterback. Unlike a guy like Desmond Ritter at Atlanta, who's looked very good throughout preseason playing throughout training camp. Um, All did. Absolutely. You did. So, so I don't, I don't love that you go with the backup quarterback position to have somebody breathing down Ryan Tannehill's neck, which is we saw in Miami when that happened, he kind of crumbled. And when he got to to Tennessee, once he took that starting job, it was never a realistic question of if Marcus Mariota was going to take it back over from Ryan Tannehill. It was never really going to happen. I don't love that you set yourself up like that. Other than that, I love that you took multiple defenders and I love that you took them on all three levels. My only knock is that you didn't go with an edge rushing linebacker or you didn't go with a, uh, an interior uh, defensive lineman or an end or anything like that. Um, but you take a tight end, you take multiple wide receivers. My, my favorite pick though in this draft, absolutely hands down is Hassan Haskins. Hassan Haskins had 20 rushing touchdowns last year at Michigan, 20. Like this isn't, this isn't a Western Kentucky dude. This isn't a, a Colorado state dude who's playing Mac or mountain West or uh, uh, conference USA action and putting up 20 touchdowns in a year. This was 20 touchdowns against premier big 10 opponents last year. He Hassan Haskins is a great halfback. And, and I think that, regardless of how often they use Derrick Henry, Tennessee has wanted to use him less. They, they want to keep that tread on his tires as fresh as they can get it. And coming off of a year where he had, what did he have? A, a, a broken ankle, I think was Derrick Henry's injury last year or something like that. Hassan Haskins is a great guy to be able to step in and pick up some solid uh, yardage for you. And I think he's going to do more to replace Dante Foreman um, than, than bringing him back what I love the Hassan Haskins pick. And I think that where they picked him in the fourth round, I believe, um, is an insane amount of value uh, out of Tennessee. So all in all, I give it a B plus. Things not to like, things to love. Um, 
But one reason it's not higher is because we saw the draft compensation that Green Bay, Kansas City, a lot of these other teams got for their star wide receivers. And Tennessee didn't really get that compensation, you know? So that's definitely part of it you have to keep a look at. Um, let's move on to our season prediction for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they finished last year 12 and five. They're going to kick the season off at the New York Giants before going to Buffalo. Then they've got home against the Raiders at Indianapolis, at Washington before a bye. And then for the second time in three games, they're going to play uh, Indianapolis this time at home. They go to Houston, to Kansas City, home against Denver, at Green Bay. Uh, so they play three or four games on the road there. Um, they come back home against Cincinnati, at Philadelphia, home against Jacksonville, at the Chargers, and close the season off with home games against Houston and Dallas before finishing at Jacksonville. 12-5 and five last year, brand new wide receiver core. Ryan Tannehill's still there. Defense is, is solid, but as we talked about, no Harold Landry for the entire year. Mitch, how do you have the Titans finishing in 2022? I think they're going to go 7-10. and 10. Um, oh, What? Yeah, man. 7-10. What? Okay, let, no, let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right, so just kind of looking at the roster first. Uh, losing Harold Landry, your best pass rusher uh, for the year. That sucks. Uh, Bud Dupree showed uh, – I, I'm not a big believer in Bud Dupree. Um, so there's that. And with uh, Harold Landry gone, the really only guy on the defense you have to worry about is Jeffrey Simmons. So if you're able to double uh, double team every time, then you really there's really nobody else on that defense that really uh, scares me. So there's that going for it. And just looking at the offense, losing the guy like A.J. Brown, and we've talked about it, is Robert Woods going to be able to fill that gap at wide receiver? And if he gets hurt or it just isn't, then there's really nobody in the passing game that really scares you. And so I feel like they're just going to rely on Derrick Henry a lot. And like I said before, they haven't been able to get uh, to replenish the offensive line. Um, And Tyler Lewand, who's usually good, showed that uh, he can get beat with, uh, as we saw with Chandler Jones, getting five sacks against him last year. Um, and with Ben Jones being 33, there's some concerns in the offensive line. And I feel like they could really impede what they want to do. Um, and then looking at the schedule, I mean, right out of the gate, weeks two and three, you got the bill at, you have to go to Buffalo, have to play the Raiders. And then you have a brutal stretch where, uh, you know, at Kansas city, then you have to play Denver. Then you have to go to green Bay. Then you got to play Cincy. Then you have to go to Philly. And then you have to, uh, you know, after, playing against the Jags, which should be fine. Then you have to go to the Chargers, who hopefully by then are playing up to their potential, and who knows what you're going to get out of the Dallas. And uh, I'm just kind of skewed on what, after seeing Ryan Tannehill play the way that he did in Cincinnati, and I don't know if he's going to get uh, any better because I think he's got a little bit less to work with. Um, so I think they're going to go 7-10 and 10, uh, just from all that. Seven and ten. Okay, Skyler, what's your prediction? I'm going ten and seven, um, because there's been like we we know what the weaknesses for this team are going to be. We know that their offensive line is going to be uh, bad. We know that Ryan Tannehill is if if he gets pressured as much as he did last season, it's going to be rough. But the two things that I have to take into consideration: they will have what nine games without Derrick Henry last year. Yep. Okay, so in those nine games, you don't have... Six uh, and three in those nine games. Yes, six and three in those nine games. Okay, so you don't have the rushing attack and the threat that Derrick Henry has. And so that also means that you can bring more pass rushers in, get get more sacks. Again, it doesn't completely own up to the fact that he got sacked, like, what, 50 times last year? 47, yeah. 47. Um, so, like, there's, there's, there's a lot of... The offensive line is going to be a work in progress. I still think it's going to be the weakness for this offense. I don't see losing AJ Brown as much of as a hindrance as it is that it allows you to again spread the ball to more people on this team. You have Traylon Burks, who we who is going to be uh we we've, we've kind of had a mixed mixed uh uh words coming out of the camp on how he's going to be playing. Um, we know that Kyle Phillips has been cementing himself as a slot player for you guys at the wide receiver. You have Robert Woods, who, again, we have some concerns about, but when he was at L.A., he was productive. Austin Hooper, who Brady even said, was targeted a much less while he was at Cleveland, and 
uh, Tennessee's uh, offensive system is much more tight end friendly. Um, and then uh, uh, Westbrook um, has been apparently the show out of camp and has been uh, playing much higher than a lot of people thought he was going to be playing. I think that you have all of those players who, again, not one of them is a single threat, but there is like having death by many knives and then having Derrick Henry to pound the ball through is going to be much back going back much more to what we thought Tennessee was going to be a lot of this, like a bunch of just different uh, seasons ago. Cause even when AJ Brown was drafted, a lot of us were like, is he actually going to be that good? Yeah. And then he's turned out to be a once like part of that. Like we've said, that generation of very talented young wide receivers. Um, so we'll see how this goes for them. Again, there's questions, but I, I, I have faith in what they can produce because they've done a lot more with a lot less on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, this was a defense last year that we thought was going to be a fucking waste of a team that a lot of teams were going to put up a ton of points on them and that they weren't going to amount to anything, and it turned out to be one of the top 10 defenses in the league. I have faith in what Mike Rabel can produce. I love that he doubled down on corner. I think that really does help them. I think that you that addressing the edge rusher um, slightly through the offseason does help. I think that um, and that having those those pieces back and getting another year because there were a lot of injuries too. Harold Jenkins injury is a big one. I will not overplay that. That is a Harold Landry. Harold Landry, sorry, was a big one. Like, but that does not mean that you don't still have talented pass rushers on this team that can do things. You still have Bud Dupree on this team. You still uh, have guys on this team that can amount to things, and you're in the weakest division in the AFC. That is going to help. Having to play Houston twice a year, having to play Jacksonville twice a year, which I honestly think you can sweep both of them. I think that they can take uh, Indianapolis and if not go one for one, at maybe even sweep them because the weakness of that Indianapolis Colts is the middle of that defense. And we've seen time and time again that Derrick Henry and um, the offensive schemes of Tennessee goes right through the middle of that defense. It is they are they are designed to beat the Colts. I will say there are going to be some awful losses. Mitch went through the gauntlet of their schedule. They have to play the Bills. They have to play Kansas City. They have to play uh, Cincinnati. There are going to be rough rough losses, but ten and seven. This is a competitive team that will make it back to the playoffs. I have them winning the South too. Yeah, them winning the South ten to seven. Um. I, I also have them going 10 and 7. Um, here's, here's an interesting statistic for you. Last year, Derrick Henry gets hurt against Indianapolis. It was the first time Derrick Henry did not have at least 100 yards rushing in an AFC South game since, two, since the uh, game against Jacksonville in 2020 when he put up 25 carries, 814 yards. Here's all his other divisional games between those. 212 yards. Two touchdowns, 103 yards, 178 yards, three touchdowns, 215, two touchdowns, 250, two touchdowns, 113, 130, three touchdowns. The dude's insane against the AFC South. Because of that, I have Tennessee going five and one in the AFC South. Sweep Jacksonville, sweep Houston, split the series against the Colts. Mostly because they have to play the Colts in uh, uh, twice in three games, technically twice in four weeks because there's a bye week in the middle. But Mike Vrabel's never lost a football game as a head coach coming out of a bye week. So I think they lose the first matchup at Indianapolis, but beat them coming out of the bye week. I think they beat Buffalo because there's no word that uh, the Buffalo safety, who now I'm drawing a blank on his name, um, and Tredavious White are going to play. Most likely they're not going to play in that game. So having... Poyer's looking good. Poyer's looking good. Okay. So if Poyer plays, you're still without Tredavious White. Having a little bit of a break there with your young wide receivers is huge. Week one against the Giants should be a cakewalk for those wide receivers. Giants are, are awful at the secondary position, at the linebacker position. I think Tennessee is going to run a lot of two tight end sets. They're going to look to get their wide receivers going early. Um, Raiders is going to be an interesting game because I'm not as high on the Raiders as the other guys on this podcast are. So what the Raiders are going to look like in that matchup is intriguing for me because what you have to remember about this Colts team, or sorry, Titans team, excuse me, I got the hiccups. What you have to remember about this Titans team last year is that they had four wins against teams who made the divisional round or better in the playoffs last year. They beat the Super Bowl champion Rams. They beat the AFC uh, uh, champion appearance uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs by 30 points. They beat the San Francisco 49ers. They had a, they had so many great games against solid competition that because of that, I think they go five and one in division, and I think they go uh, five and six in all non-divisional games. 
Um, I think they're going to, I think a lot of these 50, 50 games, Kansas city, Denver, green Bay, Philadelphia, um, the Raiders, Buffalo, I, I think they're going to go 50, 50. I think Tennessee is going to win some of them. They're going to lose other ones. Um, I, I, I'm not as high on the chargers as a lot of other guys are on this podcast. So I'd like, I'd like to point out that you and Mitch have the same record for Las Vegas. Correct. We do have the same record for Las Vegas, but we have the same record for very different reasons. Um, I'm not as high on the chargers as a lot of other guys on this podcast. Cincinnati's had their own injuries and step back and setbacks. Kansas city doesn't have Tyree kill green Bay. Doesn't have Devonte Adams. Like there's lots of very winnable games in this, in this season for Tennessee and for a team who was 12 and five last year, doing it. Uh, uh, you remember six and three without Derrick Henry doing it, despite the fact that their quarterback was averaging an interception per game, doing it, despite the fact that AJ Brown missed four or five games last year and that you didn't have any real production at the tight end position. Yeah. They're weak in places on the, the offensive line at the pass rush position, but they're very good at what they do. And Mike Rabel knows how to get the best out of his team. I got him going 10 and seven. And I also have them winning the AFC South. So any big predictions out of uh, the Tennessee Titans, Mitch, well, I think my record speaks for itself. Uh, Does Mike Vrabel keep his job after a 7-10 and 10 record? Yeah, he's fine. Skyler, you got one? We'll say Kyle Phillips goes for 500 yards and five touchdowns in the season. Kyle Phillips goes for 505 touchdowns? Yep. Um. Hassan Haskins is listed as a third string running back right now. So maybe do I want to, do I want to go for broke on this one? Yes. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. Let's do it. Hassan Haskins has 600 rushing six total touchdowns next year. I think, I think he plays a significant role for the Tennessee Titans. Part of it is by virtue, by the fact that they don't, they're not fantastic at the wide receiver position or at the pass catching position. So I think they're going to invest more in that running game than they have in the past. Um, and Derrick Henry is great, but they're going to have to learn how to use Derrick Henry in moderation if they want to keep, you know, riding him into in the playoff berths. So, yeah, I'll say Hassan Haskins goes for 606. Um, fantastic. That is our Tennessee Titans episode, uh, ladies and gents. Uh, please follow us on uh, everything Spotify, Twitter. Email us your guys' thoughts, fourthstringsp at gmail.com. Um, we are talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, last year's Super Bowl champion on our next episode. Tom Brady returns for his 669th football season um, after getting some plastic surgery done in the off season, maybe um, uh, oh, new, head coach, <laughs> new head coach, new head coach there, <laughs> new head coach there, uh, Todd Bowles taking over Bruce Arians gone. We had the Antonio Brown meltdown last year that we get to kind of talk about a little bit um, and lots of other moves. We saw, uh, I, I thought some of their draft picks like uh, Joe Tryon, Sharinko uh, played at their played absolutely fantastic for them. Um, returned everybody from their Super Bowl team the year before and got bounced to the divisional round to the eventual champion Rams. So lots to talk about with Tampa Bay there. Um, and then after that, we're talking about Skyler's favorite football team, the Green Bay Packers. So we are excited to bring all of those to you. Um, thanks for listening and have a fantastic day.